0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be discussing what we refer to as the higher self actually is, what it does for us, and how to interact with it consciously. The term higher self is relatively vague for most people. It's one of those things referred to without really being defined, and can mean a great many things depending on the context. Some think of it as another name for their concept of soul, which is imagined to be a small atom somewhere hidden in the body. This soul is seen as the engine which allows us to live, but for all of the practical purposes is not involved with embodied life. Others see the higher self as a perfect version of the individual somewhat like Plato's notion of the perfect form for each thing. His theory of forms supposed that beyond embodied life, there were the essential forms from which all things derived, like the perfect all-encompassing chair, which was the model for all chairs which have or will ever be. Therefore, there must be a perfect version of each person. Others think of the higher self somewhat like the most powerful and wise guide or angel we can have. It knows more than anyone else about us and our lives, so if we could just listen well enough or contact it somehow, the wisdom would lead us to a perfect solution for any situation. And, in various spiritualities, our higher self is imagined to be like a distant cousin we see in passing, during a a once-in-a-decade event through a random series of events the meeting being chance, the amount of time and energy for it is limited, and too soon obligations and circumstances conspire to separate us again. In my work with the Akashics, what I found is the higher self does exist, and all of these descriptions have truth in them concerning it, just as myths are based in deep, if distant truths. The higher self is an aspect of each soul which is currently embodied. We are never actually separate from our higher self, which is not higher at all. Our higher selves, the part of our soul which remains behind in the Akashics, retains a complete understanding of reality both embodied and otherwise, therefore appearing all-knowing and wise and mystical in comparison to the embodied state. Our soul, which remains in the Akashics, is in full contact with our soul book, remembers the plans we made for this lifetime, and supports us in our journey here. One way to understand the soul is to think of it like a rubber band. When at rest, it has a loose shape which is easily adjusted but nevertheless is its own. It can interconnect with other objects, even other rubber bands, taking on new and different shapes while still retaining its own sense of self. When a soul enters into embodied life, it's as if it's been stretched between a thumb and a forefinger. It may be stretched to its limit, or it might just be stretched enough to get the job done. But there is tension applied which gathers energy into it ready for release. The part of the soul which enters into a human being is the part connected with the thumb. Depending on your hand and the size of the rubber band, this is about one-tenth of the soul or so. The rest remains outside. It is completely connected, aware of what's going on with the thumb part, and prepared to take whatever action necessary, whether to spring into action or release. The part of the rubber band which is not touching the thumb, the other nine-tenths of the soul, this is your higher self. While this aspect of the soul is completely aware it's involved in an embodied life, linear time, experiencing complete interconnectedness with other beings in a web of life which is finite, and even the finiteness of a lifespan, it maintains itself outside all of this process. Think of this somewhat like sitting at the edge of a swimming pool with your legs over the side. Doing this, you are completely aware your legs are in the water, experiencing the water's feel, temperature, and the buoyancy it provides while at the same time you not in the water. The majority of you is sitting on relatively dry land experiencing normal gravity with the air on your skin. Due to the nature of embodied life where we're meant to ignore or even forget this duality, it can feel as if our higher self is a small, distant, and distinct entity. It can seem as if we need to seek it out or find some special means of connecting. Because the separation between the experience of each now in linear time is so very different from the ever now of timelessness that they can seem like different universes. However, in your physical body, the connection between these two is easily detected across the top of your head, which is the Sephirot Keter and also your crown chakra. What we experience here during the day is in constant flow informing our soul. At the same time, the portion of our soul in the Akashics pours forth wisdom and comfort and grace to us in this manifested life. We're rarely conscious of the connection any more than we're conscious of our breathing, of our bodily defenses against disease, or the movement of our blood in our extremities. We can become aware of it in the same way we would the others, through accidents which bring them into focus without our intention, or through conscious intention. Placing your hand on the top of your head not only puts your hand into the universal akashic flow, but connects you consciously with the filter barrier, which keeps your consciousness within linear time and keeps the universal ever now outside of it. As for the higher self being a more purified version of our embodied selves, there's some truth to this. The portion of us which remains in the Akashics free of linear time is also free of the forgetting necessary for us to live an embodied life. It remembers everything we've been, everything we are, the plans we've made for this life, as well as everything we're doing, being, and becoming, which is beyond the embodiment process. In fact, It's often continuing to study, be of service, and interact with others while we're here, just as we have our legs in a pool while at the same time reading a book, holding a conversation, texting, and taking phone calls. However, one of the reasons we engage in embodied life is because there is no better means to acquire the wisdom, gifts, and becoming which embodied life brings. The possibilities here for soul-level maturation, unfolding of potential, and fully encompassing our capabilities are unique to the embodiment process. So while who we are here might seem fragile, blundering, flawed, stuck, or lost in the wilderness, it's through embodied living that the higher self has developed into what it is and continues to grow into an amazing being of wisdom and grace. Part of the physics of being embodied requires a change in the way we normally communicate. In the Akashics, we express ourselves in what can be called telepathy and empathy. The reality is we have no discrete encasement as souls, and therefore we become what we think and feel while we are thinking and feeling them. So. When we wish to communicate, we be at and with the other person, and they respond by being their response to and with us. With this type of immersive communication, there are very few to no ways in which to hide anything or to keep something private. We are never truly alone nor ever free to fully express ourselves without considering the consequences to those who would be affected by our beingness. Embodied life, among other things, provides us a means to experience ourselves without distraction and without the needs for this type of restraint. Everything about us is interior until we express it outwardly. Also, due to linear time, this expression must take a linear form. Hence, words or symbols on a page run in a line, up-down, right-to-left, or left-to-right. Words come one after the other and sometimes trip over each other in their rush to get out, and we marvel at people who can tone or chant multiple notes at the same time. Language, or linear expression, also teaches us a means of thinking which is compatible with linear time. Thus, dreams play out like movies, and people who communicate with us in dreams often either speak or express themselves in thoughts which translate easily into linear structure. In fact, we're jarred when this is not the case and struggle with concepts which seem fully formed into our minds, experiences in dream time which can seem trippy because they're disconnected from linear structure, or communication which comes out of the required linear order. Beings who work with us, our spirit guide team, our teacher, Akashic beings, angels, Christed ones, and enlightened masters... All are aware of this and have acquired the skill to convert normal communication into linear forms, modes, and time frames. Think of them as being multilingual. They know how to take information out of timelessness and put it into the cause and effect of time, how to convert a concept into something intellectual, which can be manifested into embodiment, or give a concept which is actionable in the now being lived, even though to them all nows are being lived simultaneously, and not at all. This is not a skill which all Akashic beings possess, any more than everyone knows how to pilot a commercial airplane. It's something which is learned. And like all skills, some beings are excellent at it, most are highly functional while sometimes struggling in specific situations or due to circumstances, and others wrestle with the process at the best of times and do what they can to muddle through. The idea that our higher self is somewhat like a super guide who knows us better than anyone else and gives us the best advice both on how to live in general and how to deal with specific situations is true with the exception of being able to communicate it effectively. Most souls who embody here have no need for, nor do they acquire, the skills to communicate clearly in linear form within the linear time frame, which is somewhat like throwing a folded up message at a bullet train, going full speed, and getting the paper through the right window, or even any window at all. Most often, our higher self waits until we go to sleep and allow the tension between our two aspects to slack. Normally, we return to the Akashics this way, approximately twice a week to harmonize ourselves with our higher self, to continue our learning, gather relevant information for what we're experiencing, becoming, and manifesting in our embodied life, and rejuvenate before going back in for more. In this process, there's no need for our embodied self to communicate in linear fashion with the higher self as the two parts are united and catching up with each other happens instantaneously. When our embodied self attempts to connect with the higher self consciously, through whatever method, it's rarely possible for the higher self to provide its wisdom in the way we need to receive it. In these situations, one of the guides from our team steps in to translate between these aspects of ourselves so we can hear a voice, receive a coherent thought, get meaning or even an emotion which can be converted into understanding and wisdom. This process is what promotes the concept of our higher self as a super guide above all other guides. The most effective means for connecting with the higher self is to enter into non-linear communication. The most effective means for connecting with the higher self is to enter into non-linear communication. This can be done by Akashic meditation, which allows us to travel up the prana channel past the linear time filter and into conscious reunion with the higher self. The communication achieved through this process is non-linear, timeless, and all-encompassing, bringing wisdom and centeredness to the self and, if requested, activating our ability to manifest more fully the life we came to live in this embodiment. This can also be done by inviting the higher self to descend more fully into the embodiment. This process can be thought of as being hugged by someone who loves us unconditionally and who is standing behind or even somewhat above us. The communication, rather than being processed by the mind then filtered to the emotions and body through a guided meditation, will be processed through the body and the emotions then filter up to the mind. This can be unsettling to some who rely on knowing how something works or what something is before allowing it to become part of their lived experience. With practice, however, it can become an amazing resource not only for knowledge and wisdom, but holistic health and an improved sense of the self within the interconnected world and universe beyond. For those who wish to experience conscious connection with the higher self, or even to add a regular higher self practice to their spiritual path, I've created a higher self connection meditation with both audio and PDF. I'll put a link to them in the podcast description. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be walking through a primer on soul groups. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can find all my offerings and get regular updates about everything I'm working on at patreon.com slash uctana. Thanks. Bye.